0: Welcome back to Marriage Counseling or Divorce Court with your host, Tony Dyer. While you're away, Phil Rivers found happiness in Indianapolis. Antonio Brown never fought Logan Paul and instead released several questionable rap songs. Bill was ready to pay, but it turns out that Tom just wanted something new. On this week's episode, Aaron Rodgers learns about Matt LaFleur's new side piece, who Matt likes to dress up as Pat Mahone. The Jaguars' jungle is burning. Yannick Ngakwe has been fighting with the owner's son on Twitter. Tony Khan says the sooner he shuts up, the sooner he can get out of the relationship. Dave Caldwell says we're moving forward with Fournette on the team, but Leonard Fournette is not happy with Gardner Minshew's performance in the sack. This is Marriage Counseling or Divorce
1: Court. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to Marriage Counseling or Divorce Court, a fantasy football podcast. It's not a fantasy football podcast. It's a football podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. Subscribe to the podcast and tell a person, tell one person. It means a bunch. If you just tell somebody about the podcast, that means a lot. I'm Tony. Uh, he's Corey. Hi, Corey. Hello, Daniel's here. Hey, welcome back to the huddle. Hello. So, a lot's gone on. We missed last week. I um, I actually got a dental issue that normally I don't think we would talk about on the podcast, but. We were, all, we, like, we were all plugged in, we were all turned on, we were ready to go, and I just couldn't make it work. Daniel said something that made me laugh, and I bit my tooth, and I swear to you, I felt like I was going to die. I mean, it was that bad. And since then, <laughs> I've got an antibiotic, I've got an appointment with a surgeon, everything's going to be fine, It's I've got to get my wisdom teeth taken out, that's the point of it. Um, but for that one day, I swear to you, I thought I was dead, and so I'm sorry, but we didn't record last week. And we missed a lot, it was right after the draft. It was, I mean, we missed so much by not recording last week, and I feel like we have so much ground to gain, Um, but we we have learned a lot in the last couple of weeks. There are a lot of relationships that are really on the rocks, and one of them that I wanted to point out last week, but I couldn't, was when Fournette, the running back of the Jacksonville Jaguars, went public saying that he wanted Cam Newton to be the quarterback of his team that was a big deal for a guy who's already had all of his guaranteed money stripped away from him to become so upset and so vocal that he basically, I mean, to hell with the coach, to hell with the quarterback. I I thought that was really interesting, and I wanted to talk about that. So, Corey and Daniel, what are your thoughts on on the situation in Jacksonville with Fournette? Well,
0: I mean, if the guy wants Cam Newton on the team, you probably shouldn't want – him on your team cuz that wouldn't be very good. Um, oh god. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I think um I, I think it's time for him to move on. I think the Jaguars are aware that running backs don't have the uh, shelf life that they used to. It's not as important to have them around. Uh I think it's time for him to move on. I had another point I'll think of it. Um what do you think, Daniel?
2: This guy's getting like the ultimate bad rap on locker room fit, apparently. I mean, there was rumors going around that they were shopping Leonard Fournette right before the draft. And, you know, I I thought that one of these days during the draft that he would get, he would get dealt, but it never happened. And then after the draft, it came out that the Jaguars couldn't even trade him for a seventh round pick. I mean, that's, that's shocking for someone of Fournette's skill. I mean, yeah, he's, somewhat injury prone. He was kind of injury prone in college. Um, he's got some injuries in the NFL, but other than that, I mean, he's a dominant running back. So the only thing that I could think of is that he's had so many issues uh, with the team and disciplinary reasons that no one just wants to deal with him anymore. Um, so if you're asking me, if, if the Jags are going to uh, marriage counseling or divorce court, with Leonard Fournette, they're definitely going to divorce court. They uh, they have, They've already said that they're moving forward with Fournette for this year. That very well could change here in just a couple weeks. I mean, they could cut him. You know, there's deadlines going into the off season that they have to trim down their rosters after they sign all the draft picks, and Leonard Fournette might just get cut. And they just signed Chris Thompson uh, two days ago, and he's a great pass catching running back. He's not. He's not the most reliable guy because he's good for about three or four weeks and then he's going to get hurt. But it certainly says something that they're adding depth, getting ready for the post-Learn Fournette era.
0: Yeah, and what I was going to say, I forgot, but um – I think the Jaguars, they're not in a win now mode. They seem to be in rebuild mode. So like if, you know, if they brought in a guy like Cam Newton, I think that would move them towards win now where they're in a position with Minshew where they can see what they've got. And if Wait a it sucks, Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again.
0: I said, if they went and got Cam Newton, they'd be putting themselves and they'd be saying to the public that they're going into win now mode. I love it. Why can- is
2: that, Corey? <laughs>
1: is that because, because here it goes
0: it's not because he's good <laughs> it's not because he's good I think it'd be a terrible move that would not put you in a win now mode but that's what they would portray to the public if they went after a big name oh, like Cam Newton oh I see I see
2: <laughs> so do you think that Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback than Cam Newton
1: yes okay that's not the question just, just that's just checking not the question Stop. Oh, I Wait. made it that question
0: so what I was saying <laughs> is if if they play Minshew and they have a great season, awesome. They've got their quarterback. If they have a terrible season, they get a high draft pick. They could potentially go after Trevor Lawrence. So, and I think like a guy like Fournette, if he's causing troubles uh, in your locker room and he's in his prime right now, I think now's the right time to get rid of him. If you're going
1: to, so uh, yeah, definitely going to divorce court or here on this one. Yeah, it's divorce court, and but here's the problem. Here's the problem is. We're going to talk about this later, but Fournette has made himself – and he's put himself into a situation where, where he has a huge – he has multiple question marks. I always say don't break two rules at once. One rule at a time, right? I mean, come on. Here he is. You're right, Daniel. You had mentioned earlier that he's starting to get a reputation for being injured very often. He only played eight games in 2018. He missed three games his rookie year. And he missed a game last year, too. I mean, he's missing games every single year. Here's the problem. He rushed for 1,100 yards last year, and he added 500 more receiving yards on 76 receptions. But all of that gets put aside when you, as from the NFL owners, I mean, if I'm looking from a fantasy perspective, I love Fournette in Jacksonville. I love it. He's fantastic there. I mean, he really is. When he's on the field, he's very productive. But when you... When you say from a from a team perspective, a fan or an owner or real life, not a fantasy football stat-driven projection, I mean he brings a lot of baggage with him. Here's what I think is going to happen: I think that he's going to eat this sandwich because he's lost a whole lot of money. All the guaranteed money is gone. He's lost a ton of money. He might get cut. You're absolutely right, guys. I think that's a one way one way road to divorce court. But somebody's going to sign Leonard Fournette, and he's going he's gonna to be their franchise running back. I, I think that's possible. The man had 1,600 rushing yards last year. Not rushing yards. 1,600 total yards last year. I mean, what more can you ask for, guys? Not much.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason that he's still on the team. Uh, I think they've already declined his fifth-year option. So but, they've already just said that they're out, but he would have been cut. Before now, I mean... That's the most
1: frustrating thing, is is I don't understand why. I don't understand what's go. There's something else there that I don't understand. Because the man's performing. When he's on the field, he is absolutely doing his job. I don't understand what's going on.
2: Yeah, and you've seen it before. Like, the guys with the crappiest attitudes possible uh, keep getting opportunities because they're good and they're talented. You know, guys that are drafted high, he was high in the first Uh, you know, keep getting opportunities. But I think just the combination of him being on the Jaguars, being under Tom Coughlin for a little bit, and he has a good influence in the NFL and he could tell everybody, you know, what, what a bad attitude he has. The fact that he's a running back, uh, it's just kind of all adding up for him, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does add up. Another, um, another Jacksonville player, what was the Corey in the intro? What did you say about Jacksonville? The jungle is burning. <laughs> the jungle's burning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And gets into a fight with the uh, with I guess apparently Tony Khan is an owner of Jacksonville. On Twitter at least he is. I don't I thought he was the son of the owner. I think he's a part owner. But he's I mean If he's putting it on Twitter and he's got the blue check mark, I'm not going to fight with him. He's an owner of of Jacksonville Jaguars. And Gakwe, either way, doesn't matter. Not the point. And Gakwe gets into a fight with Tony Khan on Twitter about whether or not he should be on the team. I mean, guys, did you guys see this? It was literally like, hey, I'm not supposed to be here. We agreed I wasn't going to be here and you aren't holding up to your end of the deal. And Khan's response was not... He didn't say, yeah, I never said that. No, it was straight up like, yeah, I haven't got a good enough offer to sell you yet. So, <laughs> I mean, this seems like divorce court pretty obviously, but can you guys help me pick this situation apart here? What's going on? Yeah,
0: they, they've been filing, working on the paperwork here for a few months. <laughs> They're just chasing down the husband so they can get a signature. But uh <laughs> <laughs> it's it's stupid for him to do that on Twitter because Tony Khan's right. He was lowering his his value by going out. Like, I mean, it's the same thing with Leonard Fournette. If there's question marks, you're you're less likely to want him. So Unique's just kind of solidifying that by going at him on Twitter. Like, why would a team spend, you know, first, second round, third round picks on a guy who's going to run his mouth on Twitter and, you know, air the laundry out publicly? It's It's just... Stupid of Ngakwe, so yeah, I think we're we're done here.
2: Yeah, it's just it's just kind of bush league. I mean, you, you can't call oh, the owner oh, oh. You, you can't call the owner out on Twitter, let alone get into an argument with him personally to where everybody sees the back and forth. Uh, it's just it's very childish. And that was the
1: thing of that was the thing about it for me was that it wasn't just a shot. Now listen. I'm not proud of it, but sometimes I spout off at the boss. Like, sometimes I get real frustrated and the pressure is overwhelming and I say things that I wouldn't normally say to him. Sure. But it's different when you go back again. That's what's interesting to me is there's there's something real here, guys. I mean, yeah,
2: Yeah, he, he just wants out so bad, and he lowered. he just lowered it a draft pick. Round.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> They're asking price because originally they wanted, you know, at least a first and no one was the taker on that. You know, it came out that there were plenty of offers for him, but none high enough for Jacksonville. And then it comes out that it, yeah, we haven't got an offer good enough yet. So I think it just keeps getting lowered and lowered. And this will help because there's already Leonard Fournette on the team that has a bad attitude. And now he, Yannick, he, he looks like he, he's got a bad attitude now and he just, you know, hates authority and doesn't want to play for him anymore. So he's forcing his way off the team. No one's going to want that in their locker room, regardless of who the guy is. So I, I think he may, he's definitely going to get traded for sure. But I think at this point, he's not going to get traded for anything better than maybe a you know, late second, or early third.
1: I think that's what it takes to trade him. Yeah. If it's anything less than that, it's not going to happen. Tony Khan said it's a—it's in, in the back and forth. He said it's a new regime here, sir. Regime here, sir. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all the contributions you've made. That said, tweeting insults at me won't get you traded any faster. Only good trade compensation will do that. Please redirect your efforts into a more productive outlet, which I think is a good response. Ngakwe yeah. said, Just trade me. I don't want the speech. And Tony Khan finally resorted to the language that I think Ngakwe can understand, saying, Show me the compensation. You're driving up the price today, by the way. I mean,
2: it's, it's clever.
1: <laughs> I mean, at some point, Tony got frustrated with that conversation. Yeah, I think yeah, he it probably couldn't even believe it was happening. Him. Corey, go ahead. What was that? Oh, I just I thought it was
0: a perfect response from him. But I th- I think it's hard to blame the players here. I mean, the Jaguars were in the AFC championship two years ago, and all those star players on that team are basically gone. Like these are the last two guys. I'd be pissed if I were them too. It doesn't mean they're going about it the right way, but I mean the Jaguars are a dumpster fire.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it seems that way. It really does seem that way. So, wow, two Jaguars players back-to-back. And both of them were divorce court. What's going to happen with Jacksonville?
2: I I would be surprised if they aren't bottom five team in the league. I mean, they are, like what Corey said, they are complete rebuild right now. Um, you know, there were talks about, you know, because you talk about one of the only stable positions on that team now is they think they found their quarterback, Gardner Minshew. Well, leading up to the draft, everyone was mocking them to to take a quarterback and for him to get replaced. It's like there is no position that is safe on the Jags right now as far as future Um, outside of DJ Chark as their number one wide receiver.
1: Is it safe, though? Can Chenault not take that from him, too?
2: The reports came out that LaVisca Chenault is going to play multiple positions. So – as far as snaps and work, sure. Um, Chenault's not not built as well as DJ Chark to be a you know the X number one receiver. But I mean, yeah, absolutely, he could get more targets, more rushes. Uh, Chenault could you know surprise some people, come in and be be the number one next year just based on target volume. They're de- they're definitely going to need him to run uh, to to move the ball. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, they're definitely going to need him. As we were talking about before in the intro, the draft has happened, and we missed that week, but the draft is relevant here because the draft has definitely driven a wedge into some relationships that we currently thought were not so rocky. Now, Damian Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs, that's not a relationship that we thought was sound, but just recently, Damian Williams was arguably... The Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he didn't get the award, so he wasn't the end Super Bowl MVP. But arguably, we can easily make the argument that he should have been. But yet, here in the first round, Clyde edwards Hilaire. So, what's going on in Kansas City? I mean, what's going on with Kansas City with Damian Williams? Because the the coaching staff and the front office comes out and says Damian Williams is the starter. And that means, I think that means he gets the first snap every game. Is that what that means?
2: Sure. I I think it's a smokescreen regardless. I mean, there's no way this is pending. We have an actual NFL offseason, which is still up in the air. But there's no way, if everything goes according to plan and we have an NFL offseason, if all the snaps in the offseason go through and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't start week one, I mean, I think this is just respect to Damon Williams. You know, they re-signed him last year. He did really well in the Super Bowl. He was a he was a big piece of that run they
1: made. What was that deal? Um, I think. Do you know the deal that they signed?
2: I don't know the money. i
1: look at it. it, was it up. At
2: least two years. No, it go ahead. At least two I'll look two years. It up. So, you know, I think this is that statement is mostly just respect for Damon Williams. Just telling him, hey, you're the veteran. You're the guy. We trust you. And then he's going to get splanted pretty quick, I, I feel like.
1: Uh, Spotrek says backup money. I mean, he's not getting paid big-time starter money, $3 million a year, three and a half.
2: Yeah, which I think for him was the goal. Yeah. Just so get re-signed.
1: Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So is this marriage counseling? Is this our first marriage counseling situation where we just have to understand each other better?
2: Yeah, I think I think being on that offense, Andy Reid understands that he needs depth um at running back for that offense. Everyone gets hurt. We saw even Pat Mahomes get hurt and, you know, the whole NFL world, you know, was breathless while he was his kneecap was getting popped back into place on the field and everyone was shocked and he was missing multiple games. So he knows that it can happen to anyone. And you know, their their first round pick, I mean especially at running back. That's a hard position to stay healthy. I I think with all the depth that he needs. And like you just said, he didn't, he didn't sign for starter money. What's the point of trading him or getting rid of him? If he's a quality piece that they believe in enough for him to be the backup. I mean, I think they for sure keep him.
1: Well, he's not worth more than his contract. That's for sure.
2: Right. I think the contract's perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It was a two-year, $5.1 million contract. In 2021, he becomes a free agent. I I think it's it, this feels like marriage counseling, but it's like a separation, not a divorce. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's
2: going to be amicable
1: with the
0: running back positions value declining every year, I mean, a running backs like a husband with a gambling problem. So there's always the potential for for divorce court. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I mean, he's the starter until he's not the starter, you know, and if they go into camp, I mean, the chances of Hilaire taking the the starting job is there, but he is the starter. You know, I don't, I don't think there's any reason for a divorce here. I think you can get production out of both these guys. um, Obviously, Pat Mahomes has a way of making these players look really good. I mean, Damian Williams wasn't a big name, you know, two years ago until Pat Mahomes made him good. So uh, I think this one's going to marriage counseling. They'll figure it out. There's still, he's still going to be productive, but there's always that chance of the uh, the the divorce to get filed. You know.
1: You know what? I only, I, I thought we were going to have four in a row of divorce court. But the more I think about this, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, and and I guess you, Daniel, you kind of talked me through this. It's more like a, um, like the end of the relationship, not a divorce. I don't know how else to explain that. Like, I don't know how else to say that. It's, it's not like there's no hard feelings here. They're they're both. Damian Williams is going to show up and do his job, and if that means he's the. Feature back than he is, but he's never been so he's not going to be I, 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 I could easily get on a, on, a, on a rant here on accident, but I think that Damian Williams is going to do his job and that it will satisfy the Chiefs. I don't think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to get 30 touches a game. That's not the back that he is. That's what I'm trying to say. It took me a while to get here. I don't think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to get 30 touches a game, which means that there's going to have to be somebody else. And Damian Williams is good enough somebody else for today and tomorrow. And you know what? They may sign him. He's a free agent in 2021, but they may re-sign him for another one or two year deal. I mean, Jesus, how old is Frank Gore? 39 years old? 50?
2: 64.
1: Yeah. He's 38 years old guys. I mean, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Damian Williams is not Frank Gore, but Damian Williams has been underutilized. That's the whole thing. We've, we've talked about this a million times. He hasn't been used a lot. He's an old back that hasn't, he's like 28 years old. And I think he's got a couple of years left as a relief back as an end zone threat as a once in a while kind of guy. And I, I, I think it's a marriage counseling situation. It feels good. I think this feels good. I'm kind of glad that Clyde Edwards Hilaire was here because let's be honest, Damian Williams was never going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That was never going to happen. And anybody who thought it was, was a fool. So let's move on.
0: Yeah, you, you said feature back, which the NFL doesn't really have anymore. You see teams like the Patriots and the 49ers. They have three or four guys that can contribute. And I think that's all the Chiefs are trying to do here is just get more weapons. I don't think it's anything against Damian Williams.
1: Yeah. No. Now, one guy, now wait, one guy that feels really jaded, like Damian Williams gets it. I think Damian Williams understands. But the one guy that really might not understand it exactly and I don't understand it, to be honest with you, is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they traded up in the first round to draft his backup. Daniel, please.
2: I I wish I could explain it.
1: Come on, explain this to me, because I don't understand it. And I I know you've been listening to football like 20 times longer than I have.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the same age that Aaron Rodgers was drafted. When, well, let me, let me back up. Brett Favre was the same age as Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers was drafted um, right now. So I can't blame him for preparing for the future, but this is just too early. I know they really believe in Jordan Love and, you know, they got a new coach in there. What throws this all off is that they were 13 and three. I mean, Okay, if you're eight and eight, nine and seven, do whatever you need to do. Prepare for the future, get it done. They were a couple plays away from going to a Super Bowl. I mean, this is I I, I, I don't understand the Jordan Love. They traded up too. It's not like they just sat there and was like, Yeah, okay, well, we could see this. Let's just take our guy. No, they traded up. So like they needed to get this guy. And they were in the NFC Championship game last year. They didn't have a bad team. Aaron Rodgers said at the beginning of the year, we finally have a defense. And that's what they've been missing all along. Now, what they were missing after they got the defense is help for Aaron Rodgers. And guess what? They didn't get him any help. I mean, it's not only that they drafted his backup, but he doesn't have anything to work with for the next few years. So it's one thing for him them to draft his backup and then give him some help and like, hey, let's see what he could do for the next couple of years and Maybe we hang on to Jordan Love and bench him for like two, three years. No, they didn't even draft a wide receiver. It is such a glaring need. They got Devin Funchess in the offseason. They signed him, but my God, if that tells you anything on what they're trying to do for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I would be so pissed if I were him. (laughs) So, no, I'm sorry. I cannot explain this.
0: Is it going to marriage counseling or divorce court?
2: he's going straight to divorce court and he's going to love it. And he's going to sign with a new team. And it's going to be, it's going to be even better than when Tom Brady signed with the bucks, because you could feel when Tom Brady signed with the bucks, it was like a, yeah, I'll play for one or two more years, but Aaron Rodgers is young enough. He is, he's 30, he's 36. That's six years younger than Tom Brady right now. I mean, Arguably, arm talent-wise, right this second, you can't tell me that Tom Brady is better than Aaron Rodgers. So if they use him for another season, another two seasons, and then Aaron Rodgers signs somewhere and he's 38, he's got a couple more years before he's 40, he's going to completely change a franchise when he moves.
1: Yeah, that's what's exciting. That's the difference. Is like with Tom, Tom Brady's a villain. Let's just be honest about this, okay? Tom Brady's a GOAT. And I hate to admit this, but come on. Six Super Bowl rings, Tom Brady might be. And I would have to, if we had to do that whole thing where who's the best, I would have to say, is Tom Brady the best? And maybe he is. I don't know. I don't wanna talk about that. No, for
2: sure. Uh, No, I don't wanna talk about that. Career wise, not even
1: close. I don't wanna talk about that. But here's the deal. Here's the deal Tom Brady's a villain. That's just what he is. Like, uh, he's a good villain. He's the villain you like, but he's a villain. Maybe it's because I'm a Colts fan. Aaron Rodgers is not that same guy. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have six Super Bowl rings. He has one. And Aaron Rodgers has been putting a team on his back for years and years. I agree with you. I, I hope that, that Aaron Rodgers gets the hell out of Green Bay and gets to a team like Chicago. I mean, can you imagine? Can you just imagine an interdivision trade or or a free agent signing where he goes to Chicago and then just absolutely wreaks havoc. Now, Chicago might be a bad example because bad franchises do bad things, and so they wouldn't sign Aaron Rodgers. Is that a dig? Did I take a dig?
2: Nice. I liked it.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying I, that would be a good story. If he went, in, just like you said, if he went anywhere, it would be such a good story because it would give so much hope and legitimate hope because of real talent that's got a long time. He's got a lot of time left.
2: And you know what's sad is. As soon as Jordan Love takes over, whether it's next year, two years from now, three years from now, they are going to load him up with so much talent. It's, it's going to be, be disgusting so crazy. to to watch. Yeah. It's going to be so disgusting. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of his career, towards the, towards the beginning, okay, yeah, he won the Super Bowl, but even after that, you know, he had a good offense. You know, he had the receivers, but he was just begging for a defense. Like, please give me someone on defense. Please, please, please. Okay, now we finally have a defense for Aaron Rodgers. So what do you do? You don't get him anything else. I mean, yeah, they drafted a few receivers last year, but God, for him, you gotta go out and make a move. Like you gotta trade for someone. You've got to make your team better around the guys that are holding it together. Like you said, he's been putting this team on his back for years. And if I were him, this is this is the final straw. I mean, I'm playing this year and I'm I'm out. Like, wait, I'm requesting wait. a trade. I'm I'm getting out.
1: But is that an option? I mean, listen, here's the deal. If I'm the Packers and Aaron Rodgers is under contract, uh probably not just letting you walk out the door, buddy.
2: No, that's why I'm saying request a trade. You could say, you know, you'll get compensation for me. Just get me out of here. Yeah. You guys don't want me clearly, so get me out. Well, and then the second pick was just as confusing as the first one in the draft. I mean, you finally let the reins off of Aaron Jones. You know, the Mike McCarthy running back by committee that he just could not you know help what? himself.
1: I take it back. Wait, wait, wait. I don't think that was a confusing pick. I actually think that the A.J. Dillon pick was one of their better picks because do you remember when uh, Williams, was it Williams? I'm sorry.
2: Jamal Williams?
1: Yes. Got knocked out. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a That's point scary. Where there was a point that was really scary. There was a point where I think they were down to like one or two running backs. That was it. I mean, they got to a point where they didn't have many options to go to. I liked the AJ okay. Dillon pick. I don't think that I don't think that AJ people are freaking out about Aaron Jones's role. I think it's fine. It's not going anywhere. AJ Dillon is there so that when just like Marlon Mack, it's like the Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor deal. I mean, come on, guys. Aaron Jones is not an elite Perennial Dominant Hall of Fame Like I don't think he is He's not that guy He's just a guy And there's uh, going to have to be a guy to take his place Do you disagree?
2: I, I I do I think Aaron Jones is very very good Very talented If you give him 15-16 carries a game And 5 or 6 targets I mean He's going to light up the scoreboard I mean, we couldn't even see what he was all about under the Mike McCarthy era because he just loved Jamal Williams, who sucks. And we finally get the reins off of Aaron Jones last year, and look what he did. Didn't he lead the league in touchdowns as a running back?
1: I don't know, but I'll look it up.
2: Made made the Pro Bowl. And then I get what you're saying, you know, add depth, sure. Okay, do that in free agency. Do that with a Damian Williams-type deal do that late in the draft not in the second round when you could draft a high quality wide receiver at the time that they picked him there were receivers available that would have made Aaron Rodgers say yeah yeah you know, I know they took Jordan Love in the first but that guy right there that'll help me i don't think Aaron Rodgers is excited about AJ Dillon AJ Dillon you mentioned the the Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor debate those guys are kind of built the same AJ Dillon is a completely different build than Aaron Jones.
1: They're not the same though. But we know they're not the same. Are you tell you can't tell me that Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor are the same at all?
2: No, no, no. No. But I'm saying there's a way bigger difference between A. J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. AJ Dillon is like a Derrick Henry Jr. And I think this is you say that Aaron Jones is safe. I don't think he's as safe. Look at how many touchdowns Aaron Jones had last year because he's getting goal line carries. Half those are going away to A.J. Dillon. I'm just telling you that right now.
1: I'm not saying Aaron Jones is safe, and I've never been an Aaron Jones fan. I will say that you were correct. Aaron Jones did have the most rushing touchdowns, tied with Derrick Henry at 16 rushing touchdowns, just so you know. So good job with that. I don't think it's yeah. safe. Yeah, I think he's going to get leached into. I'm not saying that that's safe. I'm not saying it's good for Aaron Jones. The question was Aaron Rodgers. Is it good for Aaron Rodgers, right?
2: That's the debate. I mean, so you draft a running back in the second. You're going to want to get him on the field. But then when you're taking away snaps from Aaron Jones, is that better for your team? And the answer is no. Do you disagree, Corey? Corey?
0: Here's what I think. I think the Packers are obviously planning for the future. Um, <clears throat> I think they know they can get a few productive years out of um, Rodgers, so they're they're still going to be competitive. But I think they're planning for the long term. Um, I think they think they found the next Pat Mahomes. That was Jordan Love's comparison. Now, as far as the running back position, I don't I don't know. I guess it's whatever. I I think they could have drafted somebody else, but. I think this is just a team that's getting prepared. Um, I think it's <clears throat> definitely in marriage counseling right now, but it's going to go to divorce court here in the next few years. He will play somewhere else. Uh, but I think there's planning for the future. I think it's actually smart by the Packers. If, if that's their guy and they went and got him, that's fine. The question is, is will Rodgers react like Favre did and be no help to Jordan Love? Or is he going to you know play it a little bit different and maybe help him out a little bit and maybe – give him better path for success. I don't know. So I think that's really the question is how Aaron Rodgers is going to handle it with him sitting behind him.
1: But, um, yeah, I think Mayor's counseling here. That is the question is how will Aaron Rodgers respond? I don't think he'll respond well. I think he'll respond a lot like Brett Favre did. But we're about to find out.
0: He hasn't said anything. I agree. The only thing notable about it is – before the draft, Rodgers said he would tweet and congratulate whoever the Packers drafted, but he did not do that to Jordan Love. So there could, you know, that's, <laughs> that's probably already started, but ho- I hope he just keeps his mouth shut, plays his games, maybe goes and wins another ring, keep, stays competitive. And then when his contract's up, then he leaves and he just, he does his job while he's there and gets out of there and, you know, just keeps to himself.
1: I hope that's how it goes. So there's been a very common, common talk. That the Green Bay Packers had one of the worst drafts in the league. I mean, Daniel Corey, can you guys think of a team? Is there a team that you think is worse after the draft than they were before the draft or that did not improve? Who's the least improved team from the draft? That's my question. Oh, the Chargers for sure. Okay, go ahead.
0: Yeah, they took Herbert, who I just think is going to be a complete bust. So if you're counting on that guy for the next, you know, minimum five years, like you did with you know, teams like uh, the Buccaneers did with Winston or the Titans did with Mariota, that if he's as bad as I think he's going to be, that team's going to be garbage for the next five, six years. That's that's why I, I, don't, I don't like the way they did it.
2: Uh, Corey, one of my favorite picks uh, in the first round was actually the Chargers' second pick, uh, Kenneth Murray. I know that defense is really, really stout, and they, they added Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, the linebacker. I think that was a fantastic pick. Do you like that pick? A lot better than than the Justin Herbert pick. I do,
0: but they they put all their eggs in the Justin Herbert basket. They're counting on him to be their franchise quarterback, and I just I don't see him being productive in the NFL at all. So I just think they just dug themselves a hole. Now other people think otherwise, but that's I mean that's who I think suffered the most from the draft.
2: Yeah, personally, I think it was the Eagles. Uh, they got worse in the draft process. Um, you know, I thought that they would probably come away with this draft with a lot more weapons um, specifically for Carson Wentz. And, you know, I hope they know who they wanted. They took Jalen Rager in the first round. There were a lot of wide receivers available. They took him with pick 21 in the first round. You know, I, I hope he's as good as advertised uh, because I, I probably would have picked elsewhere. Uh, To be honest, Jalen Rager is kind of just a, kind of just a burner, kind of a speed guy, kind of a guy that's like a Nelson Aguilar replacement. Um, He's not, he's not a number one receiver type build. Um, You know, I feel like Carson Wentz needed a lot more help. And then they, they kind of do the same thing. They draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, highly questionable. I mean, everyone started questioning Carson Wentz at that point. It's like, oh, how much longer does he have now? Um. I feel like they just, instead of drafting a backup, which is what they clearly did, they drafted a backup in the second round. I, I, very questionable to me. I, I think that franchise, you know, since that Super Bowl that they, that they went to and won against the Patriots, I feel like they have just kept going backwards and backwards. Um, you know, they drafted their next couple picks, linebackers, safety. They need a lot of help on defense. Uh, they didn't take any corners. Uh, they got Darius Slay though, so that's that's good. Um, an offensive lineman, actually two offensive linemen, and they needed help in that department. They did take a wide receiver late in the fifth, but just those first couple picks is just you know head scratchers that makes you yeah. makes you wonder the Eagles as a whole. Um, but what do you what did you like the Jalen Hurts draft pick? Because I I really didn't.
0: Uh, it, I think it just depends how they plan on using him. I think Doug Peterson's really smart. They could bring him in and use him as like a... Um, uh, uh, a Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think if they can get the production that... That the Saints get out of Taysom Hill, I think it's a great pick because when that guy's on the field, he's a game changer. You don't know if he's going to run the ball, pass the ball, if he's just a decoy. I think whenever – if they can use him like that, as soon as he's on the field, I think it shakes the defense. They don't know what, what they're about to get. So it, I think it just depends how they use him. I, I'm i looking at Wentz's contract. He's he's contracted through 2021. Oh, oh he's contracted through 2024.
2: So yeah, I they just think re- they just resigned him.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he's not going anywhere. I think they have an intent to use um, Hurts. So I think if they if they can do that with him, I do like that pick. They're getting better. And as far as Rager, I'm not a big fan either, but let's assume he's as good as they think he's going to be. Then I think that does help wins. But I, I agree. I don't think he's going to be a star. I see it as Aguilar 2.0 for sure. Yeah, one of the...
2: I saw a quote from Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, and it was defending his Jalen Hurts pick in the second round. And he said, we want to have two of the top 10 QBs in the league. That's the goal. Oh, wow. Since when is that a goal for any team ever? Usually yeah, that's a more of a problem than a goal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you get, yeah you, like I said there's no way to field two quarterbacks unless you do it like Taysom Hills so there's no point in having two of the top 10
2: yeah I mean that's like that's like the Nick Foles Carson Wentz saga from a couple years ago I mean I, I don't get that it, I I screenshot that because I thought that was the funniest thing I, I I don't know if I was the only one laughing but I saw that and just laughed and he said that's the goal is it? Is it
1: really? Yeah, that's a bad goal. That's a bad Good goal. Good job, Howie. That's a really bad goal, Howie. So did we do the best yet? Did you guys do your favorites? No. The Colts are my favorite. I think the Colts, are, the Colts came away from, and I'm going to say this as a homer, and I'm going to get ahead of YouTube because you both live in Indianapolis and you're both Colts fans. Well, wait, one of you is a Ravens fan. Anyway, I think the Colts came away from the draft as the clear winners. I mean, out of the first, which is fine because who who what was his name? Um just some guy from San Francisco. What are you talking about? Uh, I think he played defense.
2: Deporis Buckner.
1: I'm okay with that. Jonathan Taylor, the franchise running back, that's what he is. Let's call it what it is. The franchise running back was an was a late second round pick after drafting Michael Pittman. I mean, come on, guys. I feel like they solved everything that everybody knew that the Indianapolis needed. Was given to Indianapolis in this draft, and then they went on to do all the things that Indianapolis does well: reinforce the defense, reinforce the offensive line, and now we've got a couple of new weapons. And I'm so excited! I am so excited about Indianapolis.
0: I love the Pittman pick. I love it. I've heard him. Com- I've heard him compared to all all types of people, like Michael Thomas. Uh, Vincent Jackson who I I think is a great comparison with the big body but just whenever I watch his highlights, he just kind of gives that extra effort. I don't know if, you know, whenever you're playing sports as a kid, there's one kid who maybe wasn't the most athletic or the best player on the field, but he he just kind of gave that extra effort and he'd end up with the ball and make the play. He, he just reminds me of that. He could end up just being like a really solid wide receiver one, like a Keenan Allen. I think that's a home run. And then obviously John, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, just it just solidifies the backfield. Max, a good running back. He may not be here next year. Um, but you've got your future locked up. I think that's perfect. And obviously, if you can get DeForest Buckner, Buckner at 13, a proven all pro defensive tackle, it's only 25. That's way better pick than the defensive tackle that would have been there who might be that guy, but is, you know, just based off percentages
2: isn't going to be that guy. So yeah, perfect. Yeah, I I loved, loved their picks. Um, Michael Pittman, 6'4, 223. Frank Reich already said, you know, he envisions him becoming that ex receiver. He said, quote, pretty quickly. Um, So they, they definitely believe in him and they should. Um, The guy is super talented, played at USC, which wasn't a good team and still got the recognition that he needed. So I'm, I'm glad for him for that. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, probably the best overall talented running back, you know, pass catching ability, running ability. Um, I wasn't a huge Marlon Mack fan. I thought he got hurt far too often. So I love this pick. Um, They go in the third round and pick a safety Julian Blackman out of Utah. So this is their Malik Hooker replacement. They have said um, that they were trading. Malik Hooker, they were trying to trade him, and they declined his fifth-year option, so he's only playing one more year. So Julian Blackman is the future. Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, wait. They just don't want to pay him the fifth-year option money. They might re-sign Malik Cooker. Don't get crazy okay. on that.
2: That's fine, but Julian Blackman, uh, he's good enough. I think that he could, he could just take over. So that's that's fine. They they don't plan on re-signing someone. They were publicly trying to trade very badly i'll just tell you that (laughs) okay well
0: hold up hold up hold up t i don't think it ever came i don't think they ever said they wanted to trade malik hooker i think teams were inquiring about him and all i think declining the option does is make this year a proving year for him so they're not tied into the next year so if he's if he doesn't perform like they want him to they can just wash their hands but if he performs like he wants him to then they can re-sign him to a fresh new contract and if they do that, I don't see why Blackman can't start as the other safety. I mean, they don't, I mean, they don't have a, a star over there either. So I, I could
1: see them both starting at safety. Right, right, right. The problem with the fifth-year option is the guaranteed money for injury. That's the problem with the fifth-year option. That's what I've learned. That's why earlier, just weeks ago, not very long ago, I said I would be drafting my running back with the first round so I could take that fifth-year option. And then I understood that if there's an injury – Okay, so let's say, well, now I, now I don't understand it. The problem is these contracts are so complicated. If there's an injury before the fifth year that lingers on into the fifth year and that player can't pass a physical, the fifth year option is guaranteed and the money is paid. The risk is not worth the reward when you have Blackman. It's not worth the reward. So you don't pick up the option. You make him play and you re-sign him at the end of the year if you want to, if the market is right. And if it's not right, you don't. Okay.
2: So, well, So you, you guys seem pretty confident that uh, they're going to bring him back.
1: I'm not Daniel, saying they're going to bring him back. I'm not don't saying that. Daniel, not sit over pow.
0: Jesus. I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to bring him back. I'm just saying the that, the, that the, I don't think this is a divorce court situation. I think it's a marriage no. counseling.
2: That's fine. It, it very well could be. I thought he was super talented. He slid in the draft. I was shocked they got him at the pick they did in the first round. I think he, I think he's very talented and I think that they should keep him if they, if they can, yeah,
1: if they can, if they can, if they can.
2: Did yeah, a team... but then I, I, Go ahead. I, I want to mention the Colts fourth round pick. They take Jacob Easton, their quarterback of the future. Hopefully. Um, you know, they, Jacoby pretty much proved last year that he's probably not the answer. Um, and this guy, Jacob Eason, he was the consensus fifth overall QB, um, you know, on so many mock draft boards uh, past Jalen Hurts there. He, he was probably even mocked above Jalen Hurts in some of the drafts um, a lot sooner than the fourth round. Some even had him going in the early second. Some even had some prop bets on him going in the first. Just because he's a quarterback, um, so I think the Colts did a good job of just staying put. They didn't reach. They knew they probably needed to address quarterback if it came to them, and it did. Um, so hopefully, Jacob Eason is as good as um, he thinks he is. He thinks he has the strongest arm in the draft. Um, he has a cannon for an arm. So hopefully, hopefully he can learn behind Philip Rivers this year and um, become. Colts' eventual starter. I think that'd be great if they can get him in the fourth round for that.
0: Eason was a win-win pick for him because they don't have a, con- a quarterback under contract for next year. So worst-case scenario, he's your backup for the future, and you don't have to worry about going out and getting somebody. Um, and Jacoby is the
1: backup. Jacoby is the backup of the future.
0: Well, he's not under contract uh, next no, year. I so. was
1: just giving you a jab there, bud. <laughs> I was are, thinking, are, man, you, are you serious? Why are
0: you jabbing me? Why are you jabbing me about Jacoby?
2: Aren't you his cousin?
0: Oh Jesus! What are you guys talking about? Anyways,
2: you're his number one fan.
0: I I supported Jacoby. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I think he has some bad rap, uh, but I think Philip Rivers is better. And if you can have Philip Rivers, you don't need Jacoby Brissett. So that's fun but with Eason Ballard already said that he needs to make the roster first so he's not he's not putting he's not naming Eason as his future uh, franchise quarterback which I think is a good idea and yeah he's going to have to earn a spot but um, it, I, yeah like I said
1: just uh, a good quality pick win win for the Colts there and for the record I don't hate Brissette I like Brissette a lot a lot, actually. And I agree with you, Corey. For the first, like, six weeks of last year, he was an MVP candidate. I agree with you, okay? Just so you know, I'll go on the record saying, I've got your back. You had the stats right. Jacoby did a great job, and then he got hurt, and then it all fell apart. So I'll just tell you I agree with that, but now he's not the starter. That's all. Phil Rivers is
0: an upgrade, and a lot of people are upset with Philip Rivers because he threw so many picks. Well... Regardless of the pick situation, he's going to boost the Colts' pass game by another 1,500 yards over a whole season. He's just going to bring that production. And with the running game that's established, it's just the offense is just going to be better with uh, Rivers. So regardless
1: of the picks, I don't think he's going to have those this year. They're in a much better spot. This was not supposed to be about the Colts. This was supposed to be about which team did we think came away from the draft as a clear winner. Do you guys have any clear winner other than the Colts?
0: I I like the Ravens draft. I I'll be honest. I don't have like their names or know who they are. But when you see them draft those guys, you I oops. you see them. Yeah, like they just they sound like Ravens players, and <laughs> it just it just good quality picks. And it, I'll let Daniel fill you in on who they got. But I, I like their draft. They, a lot of people have been rating their rating their draft high. I don't have any evidence, but tell any, us about Brandon. Please. Coverage.
2: No, Brandon
0: Ayuk went to the 49ers. What? You, you're an idiot, Tony. Jesus. Oops.
2: But, yeah, I was actually going to pick a non-Ravens team just to try and not bore you guys. No, wait a minute. Wait did. a minute. Wait a
1: minute. Iuk went to the 49ers. I yes. want to accept yeah. this. Just give me a second to bask in the shame.
2: What are you doing? you looking it up?
1: No, I'm ashamed. I'm just being ashamed. I'm just sitting here being ashamed of the fact that I said it twice. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. oh hold
0: up. Hold up. I'm looking at their picks right now. So, they got Patrick Queen, quality linebacker. J.K. Dobbins, quality running See? back. Mark Ingram's See? getting old. Uh, Matabuke, sounds like a Ravens player. Great Devin player. Du- Devin Duvernay. I, w- I was watching a lot of stuff about these wide receivers coming into the draft, and Duvernay... Oh, yeah. Just a super productive uh wide receiver out of Texas. Just I don't think he's gonna be flashy in the NFL. I just think he like a golden tate, just a dude who's gonna be he's gonna be catching passes for years. He's gonna probably be productive in his first year and make the roster.
1: When uh, I, said, I just, when I said Ayuk, I was thinking Duvernay, but you're not gonna believe me, and that's okay. I just want you to know that. That's all. Okay.
0: But yeah, I think Duvernay is just gonna be a quality pro for a long time.
2: I, I agree. He's he's 5'10", 200, plays in the slot. He caught over a hundred balls last year. Yep. Um, thirteen hundred yards and nine touchdowns. This is a slot receiver on not that great of a team. I I'm super excited about Devin Dubernay. Yeah, they're I like their first five picks. I mean, the Ravens had a knockout draft, if you if you ask me. And then they took they took another speedy wide receiver uh late way late in the draft. His name's James Proach from um SMU. He's more of a Marquise Brown type build, so he's kind of small. But I, I think I'm definitely more excited for Devin Duvernay um on the Ravens there. I think they had they were a little disappointed with Miles Boykin last year with how much he picked up, you know, the offense. So you never know. He could be their number two and then Duvernay could be in the slot and I mean that offense could roll next year.
0: Yeah, and they drafted ten guys. I, I might have talked to you guys about this before, but like Ballard did, he traded out of the first, and he always accumulates more picks. Your your percent your chance of one of these guys being successful raises a whole lot when you draft more players. So it just makes you look better as a GM when you draft more. You know, qu- quantity over quality in this case. But uh, they just cleaned up in the draft.
2: Yeah, and I wanted to give you my my winner and perfect you just said that Corey, because my my winner one of my winners is the minnesota vikings and part of the reason they did that is because they somehow acquired 16 draft picks well so it's by far by far the first yeah um so it's kind of like what you're saying Corey. the odds of these guys hitting it's a lot higher for the vikings than a lot of teams but. They had two first-round picks. They took Justin Jefferson from LSU. Much needed, uh, especially with getting rid of Stephon Diggs. They traded away, and they needed a number two, and that's exactly what Justin Jefferson is. He was probably the number one on LSU, but he is a number two build, and I think he's going to do great in that offense. Um, Their second pick, cornerback at a TCU. Much needed position. It's amazing that they were one of the few teams that had guys fall to them that were not only probably their best available, but also a big need. Uh, They lost Xavier Rhodes. He went to the Colts. They lost Trey Waynes, and they lost Mackenzie Alexander out of the uh, secondary. So they had a big secondary need and they got Gladney at the end of the first Uh, cornerback was a big surprise in this draft. A lot of cornerbacks taken. Um, and then after that, their biggest glaring need after that was offensive line. And they went ahead and just took an offensive lineman in the second round, um, Ezra Cleveland out of Boise State, who's um, some, some people are higher than others on him, but um, good quality tackle. They drafted another corner, Cam Danzler. Um, a lot of talk out of him going like the second round. They drafted him with the 89th pick out of Mississippi State. They drafted a DN next defensive tackle, linebacker, corner with all their next picks, so they obviously are still sticking with their roots of having a good defensive team
0: They drafted Um, a whole starting defense it sounds like.
2: I know, yeah I mean, with 16 picks, you could pretty much save one for every position (laughs) They ended up coming away with two wide receivers uh, three offensive linemen which is huge for them Um, a safety two corners, three corners so I, I think they did a great job. Um, my One of my clear winners here, Minnesota Vikings. I think they had a great draft.
0: Yeah, I like that. They're going to have some good players coming out of that.
2: Yeah. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your
1: favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay up. in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three, three.
2: Tony, do you walk away?
1: I did get a beer at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I asked
2: you a question and it was just crickets.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Do you remember the question? And he
2: goes, I think he left. So I just. I just went with it.
1: Do you remember we the question? We just carried
0: on. It won't even need editing. We just carried on.
1: All right. Um <laughs> That's funny. What was the question?
2: I can't remember. I think it was right after the Eagles. I oh I said, what do you think about the Jalen Hurts draft pick? Oh. I think it's what it was. I can't remember.
1: I don't know. I think I I think there's a chance. That we're onto something here. I mean, there's a small chance. I'm an optimistic. And like, an optimistic? I'm an optimistic. Optimist. Uh, Thank you, Corey. An optimist. I'm an optimist. And I think that there's a chance that we're on the verge of something cool here. Where we can have two quarterback systems. Like, why can't we have multiple running backs? Why can't we have multiple quarterbacks? Why not? I think there's a chance here that that could be really cool. Like, what if there's a bunch of Taysom Hills running around the NFL, screwing everything up for everybody? Like, is I would that? I hate that. But I, but why, why would you hate it? It's
2: brilliant. I, would, I hate gadget guys. I hate watching guys like that.
1: Yeah, because they whip I like, your ass.
2: I know Taysom Taysom Hill's never done that to anyone. I'm just saying I mean, he makes he makes good plays. He's a good quality player.
1: He's made some good plays, by the way.
2: Great, great plays. plays. And, you know, if I were in the NFL, I'd want to be him too. You know, playing multiple positions, living the life. But just watching it, I just, I don't know. It upsets me.
1: I don't know. Is I just, it would be interesting to see if there's a chance for that to become a thing. I'm not saying it should become a thing. I'm not saying it shouldn't. I'm just saying, wait a minute if the opportunity is there, yeah, I would kind of like to see that. Two quarterbacks? Are you kidding me? Daniel, are you kidding me? (laughs) I believe that's exactly what the Eagles are doing. I don't believe it is either. I believe he's a backup. But, come on, like, worst-case scenario, if he's Taysom Hill, is that that bad? We like watching Taysom Hill.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. I think that's what they are going to use him for with that high of
1: a pick. That's – I think, I think if they do, to, to be to be honest, though, I think it takes Sean McVay to make that work. I don't think it's going to work just for anybody. Doug Peterson's
2: a good offensive mind there.
1: Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll it see. Nick Foles' Nick Super Bowl MVP. When's the last time you saw a two QB set? Uh, I haven't. It's going to happen this year. With you you have. You have. You have. Out of it, Doug Peterson? No. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I have seen it. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. That's my point. That's my point. It's happened one time. We've had two QB set like one time. Can somebody tell me the the time in the past? Yeah,
0: Jacoby Brissett threw a pass to Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck got smoked.
1: (laughs) Okay, that doesn't count. (laughs) That doesn't count. Anyway, but no, I, it is I exciting. Think, I, it is I exciting. Think it's a trend that could be starting. It is exciting. I hope it is a trend. I hope it is starting. I would love to see it grow. I want to see it grow. But I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic that it's not going to grow. I'm willing to accept the fact that it's just a, a an experiment and that nothing more. But I'll, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to be wrong.
2: I I hope that he doesn't make his way on the field a lot. I hope he's just the backup and I hope that's why they drafted him as for an insurance policy because if they force him onto the field God, wouldn't you rather just have Carson Wentz throwing the ball or yes. you know, yeah. making the plays? I mean that's, that's yeah. what you're doing you're hurting the offense by trying to get too cute I don't really
1: it want it I just I'm curious I disagree with all that, I disagree I'm curious, I'm just curious that's all, but I don't want it, I don't want that I, honestly, I love Carson Wentz. I want Carson Wentz to have a career year. That's what I want. So, anyway, that's not the point. I'm moving on. Matter of fact, this is the end. You got anything else? No.
0: I don't. We're done. We're done. We're done. Thanks for listening. Subscribe.